Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? Welcome to another Everyday Life series on decoding how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. Biblical principles from Genesis to Revelation. It's under our Everyday Life category. 
You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. In our first series of decoding, we looked at decoding creation, God's thought processes and patterns through creation from Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And we arrived at a 10 principle combination that will revolutionize how you think. In this next series of decoding, we'll look at how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership through the life and story of Joseph, also from the book of Genesis. Joseph's life changed the course of Israel. It was through him that God preserved the nation of Israel. Israel wasn't yet a nation per se. It was just a family of 12 siblings. The letter grew into the nation of Israel in Egypt. Some of the life principles we'll cover in this decoding series are our upbringing and past shouldn't define us. Knowing your purpose and calling is the best anchor to go through the storms of life. In life, we need favor and love with both God and man. There are no coincidences in life. God's justice system never fails. We'll also look at work and service, money, and how the economy of Egypt was built from the ground up. We'll also look at investing, saving, leadership, and management. Without further ado, welcome to Decoding Joseph. Welcome back to episode 14 of Decoding Joseph. We are getting some unique insights into how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, 
and leadership. Neighborhood 11 key life principles that we can decode from the story of Joseph and we are now decoding principle, principle category number two, which is what is your purpose? In the last episode, we discussed or we broke the ice on this and we say that until you find out what it is that God has created you to do, you will never be satisfied until you walk in that destiny calling. One of our key scriptures for reference that we used was from Jeremiah 29 verse 11. In fact, that was kind of how we closed out the episode. Uh, Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. It also talks about that I know the plans I have for you. This is another translation. This is the NIV. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. One of the other things we said was that strength to endure the unknowns and storms of life comes from knowing our purpose on this planet. If you don't have a purpose, if you do not know, we all have a purpose actually, but if you do not know what your purpose is, what you have been called to do, um, if you don't have, if you do not know what your purpose is and you don't have an idea because this becomes your guiding star of reason as to why you should endure with the storms of life. So if the guiding star of reason and being for your existence, if you don't have it, if you do not know what this is, you will not really, you will not have a strong foundation to overcome the storms that come your way. And we're just about to see how is it that Joseph was able to, you know, deal with all the things that he dealt with a background and a childhood of betrayal. Even as he was growing up, there's so many things that were thrown, curveballs that were thrown, that life threw at him. What is one of the reasons that we can look back and say the reason this guy is able to go through such traumatic events but still rise to the occasion is because he had an understanding of what he had been called to do. And we also did talk about an interesting encounter between Jesus and the woman from Samaria, the Samaritan woman, where Jesus asks her for water to drink. And she says, how are you asking me for water? You are a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. I'm a, I'm a woman of, I'm a, I'm a Samaritan and I'm a woman. And, and he says, if you knew the person who was asking you for water, you would, you would ask him to give you of the living water. And he goes on to say this classic line, which is whosoever drinks all this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinks of the water thy that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So, and the other thing, which we, we're talking about purpose and destiny and what we're called to do. Uh, there's a proverb that says, it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the duty of man 
to search out that thing. So whatever talents God has hidden into our lives, it is our glory, our honor to search them out and to harness them. So we spoke that, we talked about how there's no amount of things that you can do from a carnal perspective that can satisfy your spirit because your spirit can only be satisfied by spirit. That's why no amount of houses, cars, money, sex, food, alcohol, drugs, you name it, can ever satisfy your spirit. And people keep doing these things thinking that at a certain point, their spirits will feel satisfied, but they only end up driving themselves down a ditch because it never happens and they're disappointed. So because we are spirit beings and we were created by a spirit being, the scripture says God is a spirit and he is the father of all spirits. So the only way we can satisfy our spirit is by yoking it or plugging it into the spirit of the creator of spirits who is a spirit. So now we look at Joseph and say, how does this guy, how is he able to beat the storms of life to overcome them? And it's from this principle here. He knew what his purpose was. Let us look into the story. The reason Joseph was able to go through the storm of being sold into slavery by his own brothers is because of the purpose of his life that God had revealed to him. God gave Joseph two dreams in Genesis chapter 37. Remember, there's a scripture that also says, I have the plan. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. So when we are going through this journey called life, it's to our advantage that we seek the purpose creator or the person who drafted up our plans to say, hey, what is my plan? Why am I here? So anyways, let us look at this story of Joseph. It's very interesting. This is Genesis chapter 37. And it goes on to say that we'll start from verse 5. It's a good place to start. Says, One night Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field, tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundles stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, So you think you will be our king? So you think you'll be our king? Do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they headed him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Say, listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and eleven stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that? He asked. Will your mother and I 
and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. So you can see that uh, Joseph knew what his purpose was because he knew, he understood, he knew what these dreams meant. Because fast forward, Joseph is in prison and some people in there have a dream. Two people have, have dreams and he's able to interpret their dreams. So I believe when he had these dreams, he was able to interpret and know what they actually meant. He was able to because we see this, we see him do it for other people at some point in his story. So, you know, I believe that every time Joseph was in a ditch, you know, life can have so many ditches. Every time Joseph was in a ditch or with his back against the wall, the only reason he found a way out was that he brought back to memory that the current situation wasn't the finality of the dream he had seen. The situation he was in was definitely not the final scene of the dream that he had seen, that he had received. And to his advantage, with this knowledge and foresight and, and uh, you know, for him, it meant that it was inevitable that he had to go through this current situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I believe we can apply this to our own lives where you could be going through something. And if you knew what the final outcome is going to be, you would be able to endure going through the storm of life that you're going through. In fact, even Jesus needed to know his final outcome. He needed to. Scripture talks about that. In, in Romans, no, in Hebrews, this, this is very powerful. Even Jesus needed this. He needed the Father to tell him, okay, this is how it's going to go down. You will not go down. You're going to go down, but you're going to come back up. That's, I think when it comes down to it, knowing that you're going to, that even though you go down, you'll come back up, can sometimes be the only hope, anchor of hope that you have to go through whatever you're dealing with in life. I'm trying to find it. This is what it says in, in Hebrews chapter 12. It's, it's very powerful. Hebrews chapter 12 says, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Wow. 
That's so powerful. It's talking about, it says, look at Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It says the only reason as to why he was able to, to endure this shame is because for the joy that was set before him, he knew that he had to go back and sit at the right hand of the throne of God. It says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Wow. So, but you can't, you can't do this if you don't know what you're called to do. If you don't know what your calling is, and you know that I'm called to do this, it becomes very challenging to overcome the storms of life. So I really want to challenge you to, to understand or to take some time to, to go digging, to go searching. Because when the day finally comes, when you have to depart from this planet, when, you're, when your time is up, when your clock stops ticking, this, this is what, in those moments, this is what it comes down to. Did I do the thing that I was called to do? It can be a very sad departure if you don't feel like you did it. If you feel like you left, ah, oh, some stones unturned and you actually knew that yes, there's some stones that I should have flipped upside down, but I didn't. Strength to endure and persevere for Joseph came from knowing that there was a destiny he had to go to. There's a place, ultimately, the finality of the dream, he had to get to the point. So the current storms, being in jail, being sold into slavery, they couldn't keep him down. They couldn't. And so I, I just want to add that there is a call that all of us humans, all of us as human beings, there is a call that you receive from your future destiny. This is how I like to look at it. So you start out your life at a certain, you know, you, you're growing and, and you're two, you're three, you're four, you're five. And at a certain point, you hear the call from your future destiny calling you and telling you, hey, I'm out here, come and find me. So we receive a call from our future destiny and it sends this calling out to us from when we, from when we are born. Now you may not, from the moment you're born, you may not really comprehend because your senses are still being developed. But I like to think of it as it calls out to us and says, hey, I'm over here. 
come to me, come and find me. And then we begin that journey of following that calling, so to speak. And this call is from your ordained destiny. You know, people like to talk about, um, people, people like to talk about um, when they like to ask about, you know, they, they like to think, you know, what is happening on all the billions of galaxies out there? And some people think, is it possible that you are here and in multiple places, you know, at, at the same time? There's a term for it. But yeah, there's, there's uh, people are talk about infinity. In fact, I, I recently watched, I think it's called infinity something like that on netflix anyways it's a whole bunch of scientists and um mathematicians as always they're trying to understand the mystery of infinity they're saying where is the end of the universe where you know what happens is there an end to the universe you know what happens when once what will happen when life stops and, and all of these things. And it's what it was very interesting watching that because as I said, I've, I've said countless times on this show that one of the things that I'm really, that for me has helped me is that when I finally was able to connect, um, my scientific and, and engineering background to understand that science and all those things are God's playground, meaning the universe, knowledge, wisdom, it, it's all it's all part of God. And and this is the thing that most people struggle with is that they think that the deep mysteries because these scientists and mathematicians are like, at a certain point, you run out of formulas, you run out of equations, you run out of computation, and you just come up against a wall. Because how do you compute infinity? How do you compute your mind? How can your mind process that? Like this thing goes on forever and ever and ever and ever. Now for them, according to what, from a natural, like, kind of like scientific back, you know, lens, uh, after billions and billions and billions of life, it shows that life will have to come to an end because the things that give life will eventually run out of energy. You know, the sun will burn up. Uh, so the thing called life will finally blow up and come to an end. Now, and it's really fascinating that... Uh, and sometimes I really feel sorry for them because I can see that they're struggling to comprehend this. And for me, who has the privilege and has tapped into the understanding of the wisdom of God and his existence and 
and creation and, and, and so many of these things and setting to understand how how we fit in God's plan, who is God and, and, and how the universe and existence and this thing called life, you know, I don't have the full picture, but having some basics, knowing some basics and understanding how these pieces can potentially come together, it really frees up your imagination. Some of them were scared. They talk about how it's frightening for them to think of themselves as at a certain point in the future as non-existent. And I'm like, listen, your bodies will perish and go back into the ground, but it doesn't end there because you were created as a spirit and spirits don't die. You know, there's life after your body is just the house that you live in. So, it's, so to see these people who have spent decades and decades of research and after that, when they sit down to have this discussion about the essence of life, that all the decades and research and the books and everything that they, 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 they have studied and done and all this, that all that just brings them to a point of saying, we do not know. <laughs> Sometimes it just feels like I'm, you know, I'm looking at them and saying, how futile. Like you've gone through the whole process of, of, of trying to decode these mysteries and years and years and years. And when you finally have to answer the question, what's the essence of life? What happens when your clock stops ticking? Uh, in this, in this world, like you, you draw up a blank. I, I, I do feel sorry for people like that because when you have no hope, it's hard to even go through life. You know, when you have little hope. So I can't imagine like how my life would be if I was on this planet. And first of all, I, I did not have the hope that there's something that God called me to do on this planet that he designed me for something specific, right? And then later on, thinking that the moment you stop breathing in your physical body, that that's it. It can be a frightening way to live your life. And not knowing that, listen, you are a three-part being, you are a spirit. You come from the father of spirits, who is God, who is a spirit. And he's created you and your physical body on this planet is just the house that he sent your spirit through. But of course, in God fashion, he beautifies everything. Like God could have just, you know, like you think about the, the growth process of a baby into becoming an adult. It's beautiful. It, it's a beautiful, like there's some ways in which God designed life and you're like, he could have just done it like this. Like, like, why did God, you know, like, you, you can even talk, think about sex. Like, like, like reproduction could have been designed another way. But why did God have to create intimacy? Because it's almost like God just never wants to just get straight to the point, so to say, you know. It's like he, because 
There's so many mysteries. They're endless. The scripture says his wisdom is endless. Like God is endless. He's been there since the beginning of time. Time is just a snapshot within God's entire existence. So what is infinity? Infinity is God. Because his thoughts, his wisdom, his ways are infinite. And it'll come to a point whereby we won't be living by a clock because we will step out of the physical realm of time, time, space, and matter. And our existence will be in spirit, but with what also the Bible calls glorified bodies that can transcend and move from A to B uh, at the speed of thought. So, but I just wish that they would open up this their hearts. And I just wish if you listen to this and, and you don't even believe in God and, and just seeing that uh, ultimately the answers are with God. Ultimately, the answers of our life, the mysteries of our life are with God because it says, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans not to harm you, plans not for evil, plans to give you a future and a hope, plans to prosper you. And we're going to see this in this beautiful chapter of Psalms 139. So as I'm talking about your destiny, your calling, I think of life when people are talking about this whole concept, is it possible that I could be here today? And there's another version of me somewhere else. According to the mind of God, there is a form of me that is already in tomorrow. There's a form. So I can see when people are trying to understand it and I can see kind of like they're almost there, but they're not quite there. So if, if God has designed, if, if let's say, okay, you're going to live until let's say you're 120 years. That means there's a version of you that exists in the future. So that concept of multi-dimensional existence does exist. But most people look at it as it's, it's like multi-dimensional existence, you know, like in multi-planetary. You know, like maybe there's a version of me here today. At the same time, there is a version of me on another planet somewhere. No, do you perfectly walk out? Um, there's so many options to things you could do today. Like when, when you finish it, when you finish, you know, like, like when you wrap up your day, uh, you know, as the day is going on, these different roads that you could take within your day. You know, maybe you walk up and you went to the gym. And then after that, you go to the grocery store. And then after that, you go to work. You could have rearranged that day in like so many different options, in so many different other um, arrangements. You could have gone to the grocery store, gone to work, and then gone to the gym. So, yes, there is different possibilities, 
that existed. And so if you're going to live until you're 120 or 80 or whatever age, there's a version of you that already exists in the future. Um, I'm really trying to explain it because I understand it and I'm really trying to find the best way to explain without making it complicated. So let's talk about your destiny. Once the call, so, so the, we're talking about this concept that when you're born, you, there's a, as, as a human being, you receive a call. Think of it as a phone call or a voice, someone calling you. But he's, that person is so far out in your future destiny and they call you back to the present time and they say, hey, I'm over here. Come to me. Come find me. And then we begin that journey of following that calling, so to speak. The calling is from the future and it pulls us forward. So, so there's a version of me that is not complete in the future, just like there's a version of my day that I still have to go through today that is that already exists that I'm yet to walk into. I don't know if you I don't know if you see where, where I'm coming from. So when you wake up in the morning, there's a version of you that already exists at 9 p.m that you have to get to the point and walk through it so when you get into the mysteries of life you can start to really get into stuff like this and i'm talking about multi-existences and, and 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 all of this but it's because we don't it's because okay let's think of this example There's, a, there's an empty piece of land, right? And then someone gets a plan to build a story, you know, I don't know, 30, 30-storied building. You know, someone has to build this, this, this building, 30 floors on an empty piece of land. There's a version of that building that exists from the moment the plan is designed. It's just not in physical matter yet. It's in, it's in spiritual matter or it's in word matter because the plan exists. And so when the builders, so, so these, these, these almost like an invisible building that ex now exists on that plot of land. You, you can't feel it, you can't touch it, but it exists. And what happens is then as the contractors start to pour concrete, they pour it into the container of the invisible building that already existed because they follow those same measurements of that building, of that plan. And they only go as high as the original building in the plan went. 
I know this is, uh, I hope I don't lose you, <laughs> but this is fascinating. So there's a version of you that exists at 9 PM that you have to walk through. There's a version of you that, you know, it's still 7 AM, but there's a version of you that awaits you at 10 AM. There's a version of you that awaits you at 1 PM. There's another version of you that awaits you at 3 PM. But the best way to understand such mysteries is think of a building. The only thing that you have is a, is, is a plan, is a building plan that says this building will be 100 feet long, 100 feet high, maybe 50, maybe 30 feet wide. So in theory or in a sense, this building already exists. But the concrete, the actual concrete and the, and, and, and the material, the physical matter only fills the existing invisible container of the building. So the building exists. It's just not yet in physical matter yet. And so when the physical matter starts to be poured and fills the gap of the invisible building it's just like an accomplishment of destiny that's how that's how you think about it so anyways we're talking about this whole thing called calling purpose and destiny so once the calling connects with your heart it's like a magnetic force is created and now we're talking about how 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 is your calling or destiny able to pull you forward through the storms of life because once the calling connects with your heart it becomes like a magnetic force a magnetic force is created and the two of you move towards each other only you're moving towards the other one but it also from its perspective it's moving towards you only that your calling or destiny is not moving backwards it's almost like your calling and destiny has now actually come back to pick you up you know, to take you to where it is. But anyway, once the calling from your future, from your destiny, that understanding comes because your calling, your destiny is always ahead of you. It's in the future. But once you answer that call, once you know it connects with your heart and a magnetic force is created and the two of you start to move towards each other, the physical you start to move towards that spiritual you the only difference is your calling your destiny your life's purpose you know it already has a specific destination so it won't move backwards in a sense it won't move backwards to you but it starts to pull you forward towards it So once you lock eyes with your destiny, it's over. Once you lock eyes with your destiny, it's over. The attraction is so strong and you become so captivated by it. You go through storms. You hang onto the edge of cliffs because of this force of pull that keeps pulling you forward. That's 
that's what happens. Once you lock eyes with your destiny, it's over. This attraction becomes so strong and you become so captivated by it and you're amazed. So you start to go through storms and you're no longer mindful of what the surroundings around you, the storms around you, the bad news, the heartaches, the heartbreaks, the disappointments, because you, you hang on to the edge of cliffs because of this force or pull. It is so, so strong that it helps you to keep moving forward, to keep pulling you forward. And that's why the scripture says, even Jesus was able to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, and is now set down at the right hand of the throne of God. All because of the joy that was set before him, the joy that was awaiting him, Wow, I'm just gonna leave you with that. Ponder, think about your destiny, your calling. How beautiful would life become if you would lock eyes with your destiny? If your heart would finally connect with your calling how powerful a magnetic force that would be. It would move you through all the storms that you could be going through right now. It will help you to hang on to the edge of cliffs. Of cliffs. How great thou art, O Lord. Selah. This was episode 14 of Decoding How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership through the life and story of Joseph from the book of Genesis. In the next episode, we'll continue exploring this principle of knowing your purpose. What is your purpose? Why are you here? What has God called you to do? You see, friend, the strength to endure the unknowns and storms of life comes from knowing your purpose on this planet. We've all been created for a specific purpose. But if you do not know what yours is, the guiding stir of reason and being for your existence on this planet, you will not have a strong foundation to overcome the storms that come your way. You won't believe that there is a future ahead of the storm in front of you. And we see that the reason Joseph was able to go through the storm of being sold into slavery by his own brothers and many other storms of betrayal is because he knew what his purpose was. God had revealed this to him through a couple of dreams. So in the next episode, we'll continue to explore this aspect of how knowing our purpose is the ultimate anchor to overcoming the storms of this life. Your host for today was Calvin Kavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.